What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always visit us on our website, fathom.church. Our messages are all available there, as well as on our Church Center app and YouTube. You can check us out on Instagram or on Facebook. In addition to our Fathom Church page, you can request there to join our Fathom Family Facebook group. That is the very best way to keep up to date on all of the great things happening at Fathom. We hope that your new year is off to a great start, and we look forward to growing stronger with you in 2021. A great resource to remember to check out is our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. There you're going to find some practical, casual conversation, just a couple of leaders applying Sunday sermon to faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So we hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Uh, I know many of you are, are looking at me like, who is this, this jersey? Like, who, who, who is number 12 for the Bucks? Um, they, well, l- let me just help you. He used to be number 12 for the Patriots for a long time. Uh, he's also known as the GOAT. Uh, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. In fact, uh, usually my process for preparing messages, it, it used to be like I'd do the whole year in advance. And now I'm doing it like a few months at a time. So a few months ago, I started preparing this series on love based off of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, where Paul says, and the greatest of these is love. He says, faith, open love, and the greatest of these is love. So I was going to do this play on love being the greatest of all time. Well, it's just, I'm a lifelong Buccaneers fan. I grew up in, in the Tampa Bay area and have rooted for the terrible team that was the Buccaneers for um, every you know, day of my life. Um, and, and those of you that are Jaguar fans, you understand what it's like to root. So if you're wondering who to root for tonight, root for the team that reflects your you know, experience, right? The one that's been terrible for so long and you just want to cheer for them. Um, well, we got the GOAT, and they, the Bucks went on a run, and they're now in the Super Bowl. And so all week, I was just saying, you know, like, I just wish, I don't, I don't have, like, a, a, any Bucks jerseys or anything like that. And I'm like, I just wish I had a Tom Brady jersey for this Sunday. I'm, I'm dead serious. I've just been, it's in my head. I have not said it to anybody. My parents come in town to, um, uh, to celebrate Beckett's uh, 10th birthday this week. And uh, mom says to me, she goes, hey, dad ordered this, this Bucks jersey. It was an extra one. And uh, so it doesn't fit him. And so I was just going to give it to you. Would you like it? I'm like, are you serious? Here's like this, this little kind of murmur of my heart. And God uh, shows up. Um, and so thank you, mom. And thank you, God. I'm getting to rock my, my Brady jersey today. So uh, anyway, uh, this, this series is not about football, but it's, uh, it's about love. It's, a, it's about love. The Beatles said, all we need is love. And, and this idea of the greatest of all time, the go, is uh, something that people love to have conversation around. Like people love to argue about who's the greatest athlete of all time or the greatest quarterback of all time. Who's the greatest band of all time? Uh, what's the greatest cartoon or Disney movie of all time? Uh, you, you can fill in the blank of what your interest is, but, but we love to just kind of have these conversations around the goat. And uh, even in the church, like those conversations can, can carry through. That's what was going on in, in, in the, city of, the ancient city of Corinth, uh, Greece, um, that, that was going on. Paul was doing some teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, through 14, and he's doing some teaching on spiritual gifts that God has given each of us, um, a, a spiritual gift that's for the building up of the body of Christ and equipping of the body of Christ to care for one another. 
And um, as he's doing that, I think in the city of Corinth, what was going on is, is some were like, you know, this gift is better than that gift. And they're just kind of having these little arguments among themselves. And, and they're thinking that, hey, kind of the pinnacle of the faith, what the greatest thing is, is to be, have the more spiritual gifts or, or, or who can speak in tongues the loudest or who can share the most prophecies. And, and there was just this, they were getting this weird distortion of the truth and having arguments. And so in the middle of this teaching in 1 Corinthians, uh, there's what we, many of you would, would know as the love chapter. And so that's going to be the foundation. And I just figure before I get into my, my main text for today, I, I actually want to encourage you over the next four weeks is to read this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 every single week. Like, just read it once a week. In fact, as we get into one part of it, I used to have this, um, like, love is patient, love is kind, that whole, whole section. I used to have that written on a note card in front of my desk. And so anytime I thought I was being really awesome at life, I would just read that and be like, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and so I would just encourage you, just let that simmer, let that marinate in your spirit. And so I kind of want to get us started there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read the whole chapter. Uh, It's not all that long. Uh, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I just think, if I don't have love, I'm I'm being annoying to God. (laughs) Like it's just, it just makes his skin crawl. Um, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. Like my very identity is eroding beneath me. I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, surrender my body to the flames. If I die a martyr's death and have not love, I gain nothing. Uh, Love is patient. Love is Kind And here we get the description of love from Paul. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let's just let that one simmer for a minute. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. Anybody got trust issues? Love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they're going to cease. And where there's tongues, they'll be stilled. For uh, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. And just before I get into this, I want to clarify because some of us like, well, the gifts have ceased. Some, some take that, well, there, there is no gifts today. They cease the time. That's not what this text is saying. And so I want to make sure you, you catch that, that they're going to cease because the, the, the clarity on why they're going to cease and when they're going to cease is coming up. For we know in part and we prophesy in part for when perfection comes. When did perfection come, right? The beginning of Christ, this is in between that. And so when perfection comes, which is Christ's return, when, when Jesus returns for his church, that's when perfection comes. Right? This is in between his, his uh, resurrection and his second coming that this is being written. And so perfection coming is Jesus' second coming. So therefore, what he's saying is gifts are still alive and well. Um, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears because we're not going to need it. <laughs> we're not going to need all these gifts. We're not going to need all, all these signs. So when I was a child, I talked like a child. 
I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see a poor reflection as in a mirror. Their mirrors back then were, were not the same as ours. And then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. And everybody said, but the greatest of these is love. So Paul said it first, love is the goat. That took me, what, like a minute or two? I want you to do that every week. Just, just meditate on that. Let that get in your spirit over this series um, because that God, God wants to, to teach us about his love and that above every other thing in this life, we need to be able to receive his love, experience his love, encounter his love, and freely give his love. It's, it's the goat. L- love is the goat. When they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? Love your God, uh, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like it to do what? To love your neighbor as yourself. Love as the goat. It doesn't matter how holy you think you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are with the scriptures. It doesn't matter how tight your theology is. It doesn't matter how great and successful your business is or how great your career is going, how much power or talent you have. None of that matters if you don't have love. I am nothing. There's nothing left. And so I'm praying over the next four weeks as we just let this get into our spirit that God's going to transform us by his love. And that we're going to come more deeply and like we just see what the target is. It's his love operating in us and through us. And uh, I'm excited to dive into for a few minutes today, uh, a much shorter passage, um, but one that I think will help bring this into further light. Uh, and it comes out of 1 John uh, chapter 4. Let's read just a few verses here for those of you. That was a lot of verses. It's okay. This is a little bit shorter. Dear friends, uh, I love the translations that say, dearly beloved. Those are, those are my favorite. Like it says, beloved. Hey, you're loved. So let us love one another. I think that's a, it's a more fitting description here. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is, is how God showed his love among us. He, he, um, his love among, did I skip a verse there? No, okay, thank you. Uh, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Some translations will say propitiation. This breaks it down, atoning sacrifice. And dear friends, since God so loved us, beloved, let us also love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete or his love is perfected in us, some translations say. I I love uh, this text um, for so many reasons, um, but I think it kind of helps us understand a little more deeply where 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a lot of a description of love I think this one kind of helps us unpack 
um, why love is the goat, like why love is so amazing in our life. And I want to just take a, a few thoughts to share with you on why I believe love is the goat and what the scriptures are teaching, what this passage, what John is teaching us here. First of all, first of all it's the goat because it comes from God. Um, I think in our lives, we, we look at examples of love um, for those of you that are married, you look at examples of your parents or grandparents or aunt and uncle or somebody's marriage, and you're like, I want to I wanna have a love like them. If you're dating somebody, I want to have a love like that. And we look at all these examples of love, and, and we all have definitions. If as you were, each of you were coming in today or, or online, if I just asked you to type into the comments, what's your definition of love? We would all give all this kind of spray and array of answers. But, but love, what John is saying, love is defined by God. I want you to understand, love does not define God because God is actually more than love. He's not just encompassed with just love. He's also truth. And he's also holy. And he's also perfect in all of his ways. Like, so you can just fill in this long description um, of, of who God is. So love doesn't perfectly and only define him in that. But love is defined by God which is different than what our world's perception of what love is. Love makes us feel a certain way. Uh, some of us, uh, if we're being real spiritual, we would just kind of quote this, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Well, it's not, it, it loves patient. It's not easily anger. We would throw some of those things in there. But I think this, why is love the greatest? Because it is what is flowing out of God. It is how he is acting in the world and his perfection. And Jesus is the ultimate picture of that. The more we look into the scriptures, it's, it's the image of God the Father in the earth. Right? The scripture says, no one's seen God. No, no. But, we, but, the, but people on this earth got to see Jesus live and die and be resurrected. He is the image of the Father. And so if we want to really know who is God, where can the love of God, how can we know this? Then we can kind of forget everything we think we know about love and look at Jesus and look at God sending his son, Jesus, to die for us. It comes from God. So many of us, um, we, we thought we had love. We thought we understood love. We thought someone loved us back and then they broke our heart and then they stabbed us in the back. Then they walked away from us. Or we went to a church thinking, and it's funny how it happens. Like we come to a church and then we, we live in this one phase of, man, these people are awesome. They're amazing. And some of you are new and getting connected. You're like, man, everybody's just so loving. But I'm telling you, you're going to cross a threshold at some point in which you get to know somebody and you catch them on a bad day. And you're like, and, and then what happens is we're disillusioned and we're like, I was wrong the whole time. It was all a lie. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. It's going to happen. It's happened to you. It'll probably happen again to you because we keep looking for perfection in the wrong place. Keep looking for perfection in people. And we're never going to find it. And so our expectations are always going to be broken. They're always going to be, you know, people are going to fall short of our expectations. 
But Jesus is perfect. God is perfect. And, and, and it's the very opposite of what we do, but we want to find that perfection in humanity. We don't find it. But God shows his love to us. And what the scripture says, here it said made complete, but God's love actually begins to mature us so that we are a greater representation of that love. And so we say, what's the problem for all this fakeness? What's the problem in our world, in our society? And I think, well, the Beatles said, you know, all we need is love. We don't just, we don't just need, all we need is love. What we need is the agape love, transformational love of God. That's, that's what we need. Like, so we need to go a little further with that. I'll talk to John. Lennon about that. We need to go a little bit further. Ringo or whoever wrote that one. Um, uh, we, we need to understand that it, it comes from God. That's why love's the greatest. Secondly, uh, and, and it's why God is acting in the world is out of his love for us. Secondly, it's also because it loves the greatest because it's freely given to us. It's freely given to us. You might love free stuff. Come on, if you're a guest, you get a free gift card to, to Duck Donuts. We don't want or need anything from you. That's a good day. Uh, I'm ready to be a guest because I'm ready to go back to Duck Donuts. Um, it's freely given. Now, if we were taking a road trip to the, to the Super Bowl today, I'm like, hey, let's go down there. We'll, we'll, we'll do dinner. We'll just kind of hang out with everybody. And we stop at the gas station, and I bought you a, I bought you a soda. And you'd be like, thanks, man. That's really sweet. I have my card out. And you... And I paid, for, or you had your card out and I paid for it. You'd be like, man, you're so nice. But I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm like, hey, actually, we're going to the Super Bowl today. I bought you a ticket and I bought me a ticket. Some of y'all, if you're a big Bucks fan, Scott, you, your mind would be blown if I ever did that. I don't have that kind of money, bro. It's a lot of scratch for a Super Bowl ticket this year. Um, but if you did, you'd feel a little differently than when I bought you a soda because how, how costly the sacrifice someone has made, it, actually, it makes it mean more to us, doesn't it? That's why like a, a, a small gift somebody gives us, we're like, oh, thank you so much. But when someone does something extremely generous for us, like we don't know what to do. And we think, how could I ever repay you? And so many of us, our lives and our, spirit, our spiritual lives are driven by trying to repay God. It was free, y'all. The gift is free. It's free. I, I love what Paul says in, in Romans, I think it's Romans 13, that, that owe, owe nobody any debts. Like, have no debts outstanding except for your debt to love one another. That's the only debt that God wants us to have, is to love one another. That's the only thing that he wants us, because it's in keeping with the second commandment. When we are receiving his love, then it's in perfect clarity we're also giving that love. And it's free. And the reason so many of us are struggling with this is because we're trying to repay that. We're trying to repay it and we're operating out of that and everything feels like work. And here's the thing about, about love. And the word here is agape love. And some of you have been around for a while. You've heard me teach on agape love, but agape love is self-giving love. It is giving of himself when he gave Jesus. He gave out of his very essence, his only son. 
But real agape love is not, de- not defined by our love for God. It's defined by his love for us. One of the phrases we say around here a lot is God leads the way in love. If you have a difficult person you're trying to love, think about how God loves them. Think about how he's loved you. And start there. This self kind of freely, like free love that expects nothing in return. So many of you know I'm a, I'm a big Office fan. There's this one episode in which Dwight and Andy, um, the two just you know very very funny characters in the show, um, but but Dwight does something for Andy and and he he like has to pay him back. Some of you are laughing because you know this episode. He has to pay him back, so he goes and gets him a gift card, and then he goes back and he he fixes his bow tie, and they just have this back and forth for the whole cold open of the show, the first five minutes of the show trying to repay each other because he doesn't want to have to owe him anything. And some of us, we have trouble receiving love from other people because we feel like we've always got to pay it back. But like God's love is freely given. I expect nothing in return. And the reality is, is can you imagine having one relationship like this in your life? Like some of us, it's, it's hard to even imagine having one relationship in which I expect nothing back in return. And at first you're like, no, 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 I, I don't expect anything back from my spouse. Like, really? <laughs> really? You want to really talk about that? Like, let's really start thinking about that. I don't expect anything back from my kids, except for when I tell them to take out the trash, I want them to take out the trash. <laughs> anyway, a copy of is, is complete. I don't expect anything in love uh, in return by what I'm giving, the service I'm giving you, the love I'm giving you. It's difficult for us to fathom and understand the depth of God's agape love, but we need to receive it. It's because it's humbling, and it's the kind of love that's transformational to our soul. It's humbling. God, I didn't work for this. I didn't earn this. I don't deserve your love, but you give it anyway, and you give it freely, and there's nothing I could do today to make you love me anymore. Do you feel like just what that does to your soul? Like, it's just like, I don't have to go out and prove myself to you, God. I just get to be faithful and just like love you back and like love the Lord my God with all my heart. And the only thing that I owe is also to love my neighbor. To, that's the second commandment is like it. And everything hangs on this. We can't miss it. It's this is why love is the goat. And finally, and, and here's a, a Here's a preaching trick for some of you that that have like a preaching, teaching gift. You know, if you want to have like a very simple message, do three, three like points, you know, that's classic. But then in the third point, hide like five other points. So that's what I'm doing. (laughs) So love is also the goat because it has ultimate purpose in our lives. Like ultimate purpose in our lives. And, um, I'm not going to drag this out. I'm just going to throw them all up on the screen and I want to talk through these for a minute. And they're all in the text. We can go through and just find each one of these in the text that we just read, 1 John 4. The purpose of love in our life, it just brings such depth and basis for our relationships. Many of us, we've been trying to find love in all the wrong places. We've been building our relationships on something that's not agape love. And it's always going to fall short of being really meaningful because we're always expecting something in return. We're always hoping to get something back. Agape, God's love, 
It's the basis for meaning and relationship with him and with one another. And, and we do this in marriage conference stuff. We actually have our, dig, our last marriage conference online, our digital marriage conference. You can go on there and watch like three sessions of it. And I think in one of those, I talked about evaluating really where your relationships start, the different type of Greek love. So I'll let you check that out. But agape love is the basis for meaningful relationships. Beloved, therefore let us love one another. It's also abiding communion with God. If God dwells in you, it's, it's a sign and it's evidence that God is abiding and dwelling with us. When we're operating in love, that's like creator of the universe abiding in us. It's, it's the foundation of our relationship with him, of him truly dwelling within us is when we are living in his love, not living out of to performance for him. God, you see what I did for you today? God, I've done all this for you. No, no, just dwell and abide in my love and experience communion and union with God. It's also evangelism to the world. He says, no one has seen God, but they're going to see God through your love for them. In the Gospel of John, he says it like this. I think it's it's actually Jesus praying. It's one of my favorite places in Scripture. Some of you hear me say that about hundreds of Scriptures. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places. I've got like a hundred favorite ones. But it's one of my favorites because Jesus is praying to the Father privately. And we don't get that often. But he's praying to the Father privately. And he goes, I pray that their, their love for one another may be like our love for one another. This is what Jesus is praying to the Father that they may love each other. We might love each other. We might love each other as the body of Christ. Like Jesus and the Father love each other? Like that's crazy. That's some crazy love. And he says, by this, the world will know that they're my disciples. They'll know that what is in here is real. Because if not, it's going to be disillusioned person after disillusioned person who comes in and like, oh, I thought they were God's people. And then they stab me in the back. Wait, we're not looking for perfection. That's not uh, really where, where we're headed. But we are looking for maturity in Christ in which uh, they're going to be able to see God's love in us. Not just in the church, but our community is going to be able to see that. And so it's evangelism to the world. That's how the world's going to know we're his disciples. It makes us, God's love makes us more like Christ. When we're living and operating in this, it's, it's making us more like Christ. He, he said that it may come to full completion. It may be perfected in us. It may, may, be, may be mature. And how many people have I seen in, in the church around the world who have been walking with Jesus for a long time and know the scriptures front and back, but they don't have love? And Paul says, all that Sunday school class, you didn't get it. All that reading the word, you didn't get it. Because knowledge doesn't puff up. You didn't get it. You're nothing if you don't have love. It makes us more like Christ. It perfects, it brings us to maturity and completion. And that happens when we're receiving it. And then freely giving it to others. And finally... <laughs> How, why is this so important? How does it have ultimate purpose in our existence and our lives? 
eternal life, the salvation of our souls. Like, do we need to even go that far? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever would believe in him shall have eternal life. Will not perish, but will have eternal life. Greater love than this, than, for, than a, man, a, a man to lay down his life for his friends. This is what Jesus Christ did for us. He laid down his life. And, and this thing of love is not, hey, let's go out and let's really try to be more loving. If you hear that and you walk away with that, I haven't done my job. I, here's what I need you to hear. Let's walk out of this room in awe of his great love for us and let it just wreck our hearts. Let it just stir up every piece of pride in us, every piece of brokenness in which we've been hurt by other people's love and every broken definition that we were raised in or we've witnessed on the big screen or whatever. And let's just let God's agape love just stir in us so much until it's the basis for our relationships with him. It, it brings us into this abiding communion with him. It becomes evangelism to your workplace and to your neighborhood. Uh, it begins to just make us more like Jesus. People are like, dude, what's different with you, sis? What's different with you? It's like, you know what? God's love is just, it's messing me up, man. I've never experienced it like I've been experiencing it. I've never just been so attuned to not just his presence, but his love in my life. And I've got eternal life. And I pray that that message is going to get not only in us, but through us in 2021, because the Lord knows we need it and our world needs it. I want to ask you to stand. I've asked them to come back and lead us in that same song where they left us off because it was just, it was on point with what God's speaking in this. I'm going to build my life on the foundation of God's love. Can we just pray for a few moments? Let me, as you just bow your heads for a moment, I just want to ask a couple of questions. Have you ever gotten a, a real picture of God's love? Agape love poured out to you. Have you ever truly received his agape love? As shown to us in the gospel message. That he was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That Jesus He's not just a religious figure. He's not just a good teacher or prophet or miracle worker. He's the son of God and the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you've never received Jesus today, it's as simple as admitting that you're a sinner, putting your faith in Jesus Christ to do in salvation what you cannot do for yourself through your own works confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and then following him on a journey of discipleship. If that's you today. Just bow your head, bow your heart and say, yes, Lord. I want you. I want all of you. I'm receiving your love today. If you're in here and you say, pastor, I've just gotten super jaded by people. I don't always trust. I don't. It's not persevering in my life. I'm so over it. But I, I, I need to receive his love and not push him away. Just, just right now, just open your heart up. Just let down your guard and just let God just pour his 
eternal, infinite love out into your life. And may it just stir us up and transform us today. Father, you see us where we're at today. See us in our brokenness, in our doubts, in our disillusionment of the church or people or our last, our ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. God, you, you know where we're at. But God, you love us right where we're at. You choose us right where we're at, God. And so we just come to you humbly, moved by your love and your grace and say, yes, Lord, we call you holy. We call you worthy. The one that is above every other God, just help us to build our lives on your faith, on your life, on your truth, on your love. That's our prayer today. In Jesus' holy name. Hey, if you'd love for somebody to pray with, I'm going to be right over here at the cross. I'd love to just spend a few minutes in prayer with you. And uh, let's worship. It's like God doing our hearts today.